With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air, everywhere, welcome in the beginning of another edition of the fifth hour with Ben Maller, Saturday, 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 because four hours a night are not enough. We do this eight days a week. No need for the applause, but we are here eight days a week to provide you with marginal Audio content, as you know, we do the radio show five nights a week on the overnight and on demand. Absolutely. So uh, for those of you that say there is too much Maller, please, uh, never enough, never enough. So on this Saturday edition of the fifth hour, uh, we, uh, we have breaking news, actually, breaking news, the winds of change. A fifth hour with Ben Maller exclusive. You will not hear this content anywhere else. Uh, We will give you that coming up here in a bit. Also, time stamp madness, under the covers no more, and the big O, and whatever else we have time to get to. But let's begin with the winds of change. Uh, And uh, they have affected uh, our radio program. Uh, They have, and if you've listened to this show over the last probably month or two, you have heard a lot of me and not that much of the person that I've been doing the podcast with. And, uh, and, and for the past couple of months, it's kind of been like that. Uh, less and less of West of the 405, uh, David Gascon. Uh, but that was not by design. 
Uh, that was not by design. When this podcast started, it was a collaboration. Uh, we were both going to be uh, be available as much as we could. We make it a priority. Unfortunately, uh, because uh, you know some work assignments, which is really good news for uh, for David. He's gotten a lot of play by play gigs. He's taken other uh, side work. Uh, acting jobs, and you name it. And as a result of his other assignments, he has been unable to provide uh, his time for this podcast on a regular basis. And he made the decision earlier this week that uh, that's all. Uh, he done. He done. And uh, so no more. Uh, David Gascon on the fifth hour. <laughs> And, uh, yes, I'm, I'm bummed out. I was hoping we could work it out and David could be part of the, the podcast going forward. I think this thing's going to be even bigger than it is right now. Uh, and I truly believe that because of the, the, the audience that has continued to go up. And we, as you know, you complain about the commercials on the podcast, but that's a good problem to have. Right? You, the, the problem is when there are no commercials. Right. That's yeah, that's that's when things are not going well. That's that's when you haven't done your job. Uh, When there are a lot of commercials, then you're winning. Yeah. Strike up the band. It's a big deal. Uh, So the podcast is doing very well. And. Uh, and and we, I'm really happy for David because he wants to do play by play, and he's you know he's not really a a, a podcast guy per se, and uh, and he you know he was uh, unhappy with some things, and we don't need to get into all that here. But I am happy for him. I hope he becomes the play by play guy for a college or a major college or uh, an NFL team or NBA team. Someone should hire uh, David Gascon as a play-by-play guy, and I'm hoping that he gets a big network job somewhere. Uh, as for the fifth hour going forward, is it going to be just a solo act? Just me bloviating into a open microphone and sounding like a clown? Uh, uh, well, there will be a lot of me going forward, but uh, I have talked with management as a result of the events of the last week. And I am very excited to find out who is going to fill the number two chair on this podcast. I have already had several conversations with the big boss at the company. That's how important this podcast is, that management is like, all right, we got to figure this out because they've got, we've got good advertisers here and they don't want to F this thing up. They want this thing to get even bigger and better than it has been. So if you want to uh, suggest someone who should be in the number two chair who you think would be a great uh, sidekick, uh, someone riding shotgun, Uh, With me, you can do that. I will tell you that the wheels are in motion. And we've already had conversations, as I said, myself and management. And we have had a couple of names that are at the very top of the list. People, some of them you would recognize. Other other names, uh, probably not so much. Uh, And these are people that I know in radio. uh, People that you may know. Some have worked on the show in the past. Some have not. Some I've never worked with, and it's uh, it's really a matter of the schedules lining up. Uh, because of the overnight show, there's only certain windows that are available for me to put the podcast together. And as a result of that, I have a pretty 
unusual, pretty unusual schedule. And uh, so we have to find someone that can accommodate uh, that schedule, and uh, we'll see if that person uh, is out there. Hopefully it's one of the, the candidates that have already been mentioned. Uh, I can't name them here. Uh, I've been told by management uh, not to do that. Uh, but we think of it like a Maller fifth hour uh, draft, right? And uh, the fifth hour is on the clock. And the pick is in. And the pick. Uh, we don't have the pick. We, don't, we do not yet have the pick. Uh, but again, I, I have spoken to a couple of people that are interested in the job. And uh, we will find out going forward. But I am looking forward to, uh, to having uh, you know, someone here who's g- going to be able to, uh, to be part of it and bounce things off. Uh, and I think it'll be better that way to have someone regularly here. And we'll, we'll get bigger and better guests and all that stuff. I, I do hope you enjoyed one of the more wild hours that I have had doing conversation, spoken word radio. It reverberated around the podcast world. John Ziegler who joined us on the Friday podcast. And I imagine my inbox is full right now. I've not checked with emails. I can't believe you put that guy on. I thought he was great. I thought he was interesting. And to me, the whole point of doing a podcast like this is to let interesting voices speak. And I I was a fan of John when he did radio at KFI in L.A. back in the day. Uh, I I do follow him on Twitter. He's a firebrand. Uh, he's a lightning rod guy. Very enthusiastic. Can talk and talk and talk. I wasn't even much on the podcast on Friday. It was I asked a few questions and then I I got out of the way and I said, "All right, let's get into it." Now I know some of you are going to be upset because it's political bullshit. Yeah, there was some of that that was part of the podcast, but everything is political now and so just kind of get over come on man it's okay it's not that big a deal uh, life will go on uh, life will go on but uh, i thought john was wonderful and you should check that out you know you got to be open-minded about things and th- say what you want about john and, and his personality and, and some don't like it i think he's as i said i think he's very good but the thing about john is he has spent the better part of a decade as an investigative journalist tracking down just about everyone who's still alive tied to the Penn State story. So he has not cut any corners. He, has, he mentioned in the podcast he's traveled back to State College, Pennsylvania, back to the prison in Pennsylvania where Jerry Sandusky is in jail. He's talked to him. He's talked to relatives. He's talked to people on all sides of the spectrum. And he had determined, and, and we can go back and hear the Friday podcast if you want, but he mentioned that he, he determined with a thorough investigation his, the outcome that he did not expect, even though he was open-minded going into it, but the, that he determined he thinks the Penn State story is a fraudulent story. It's all fake news. And it's phony stuff. Yeah. It didn't happen. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's what he said. and. For many, it's hard to believe, and, and uh, I, I have listened to some of the podcasts that John's done. He makes a very compelling argument, and as I told him in the podcast, I said, if, if this is all accurate, all the evidence that you have, you've pretty much laid out the roadmap for a, an appeal and what is a compelling case for a victory in an appeal, but it hasn't happened, 
And John mentioned there'll be some documentaries that are that have been in the works about Joe Paterno, about Penn State. So we'll see if anything comes of that. But uh, I do recommend the the Friday podcast if you did not hear it, our conversation with John uh, Ziegler. Now, moving on, the time stamp madness. The time stamp madness. And this is, I'm just going to geek out a little bit on broadcasting and... As you may or may not know, one of the cool jobs that I had for very uh, for a very brief time, a couple of years, I did Dodger pregame and postgame programming. Um, I was a fill-in guy for part of a year. I did uh, travel briefly with the Dodgers, very briefly. Uh, went on some road trips with the team. And I got to know Vince Scully a little bit. Vince an icon. He's all-time great, right? He's the... The OG, and Vin was very nice to me. And just the fact that he knew my name uh, as, a, as, a, as a kid growing up, listening to Vin Scully and watching him on TV, I was like, wow, this guy, I mean, this guy knows me. Walking in the footsteps of legends. And Vin's been retired, and I, I haven't seen uh, Mr. Scully in many years. And I, I did see on his Twitter account, by the way, Vin, I think it's an open secret, not on Twitter, but there is someone that works for the Dodgers that provides content you know, quasi from Vin Scully. And so on the The Vin Scully Twitter account, Vin shared an interview that he did. I believe it's for a documentary. And I wanted to play the clip for you because it was great. And I love stuff like this. I love that so much of life is experimentation and just throwing spaghetti against the wall. And every once in a while, Every once in a while, a bunch of that spaghetti sticks. And even the all-time greats, like Vin Scully, uh, they they have this happen. So uh, to set this up, Vin is doing an interview about sports commentary. It's called The Commentators, 100 Years of Sports Commentary. And the the classic Vin Scully no-hitter call. And the, the Sandy Koufax perfect game which is an all-time great call if you're a fan of radio play-by-play. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Even if you're a young punk and, you know, like Sandy Koufax is like a dinosaur to you, you know that call. And so I wanted to play this. Uh, This is from, the again, the Vin Scully uh, Twitter account, The Vin Scully. And this is Vin, and we'll react to it. This is Vin telling a story about what became his signature for no-hitters and perfect games. Here's the greatest play-by-play man in baseball history, the great Vin Scully, in his own words. You know, when you do play-by-play every day for just about 67 years, once in a while, you get lucky. When I say lucky, let me explain. Whenever the Dodgers had a pitcher pitching a no-hitter or the opposing pitcher was pitching a no-hitter, we would always tape the ninth inning and we would then give that pitcher with whatever team as far as a record of the night or day that he pitched the no-hitter. Take Sandy Koufax. Koufax had pitched three no-hitters, and in the course of each of the three, I always made sure that I got the day of the no-hitter so that when Sandy would be walking out to the mound, I would say, and so on this July 24th, Sandy Koufax heading for the mound to try and pick up X number of victories and a no-hitter against so-and-so. Well, the night of his perfect game, 
in my mind was the fact, what else can I put on the tape so that 30 years from now, when he's playing it and reliving the moment, he'll have the date. All right, let's stop right there. So Vin Scully actually created the cameo. He gave Sandy Koufax a cameo in any pitcher that threw a no-hitter for the Dodgers or against the Dodgers. So he just mentioned the date, the origin of the date, and now he mentioned he wanted to add something different. And this is where it gets even more interesting. The great Vin Scully continues. Go ahead, Mr. Scully. And I thought, I know. I'll put the time on it. Now, the time is useless as far as baseball is concerned it wasn't in the old days but it is now so i did the game and i would start calling off the time only thinking of sandy koufax and the kids listening about his perfect game and so it was at 9:26. sandy does this at 9:28. sandy does that and he pitches the perfect game for the next few days the only thing i heard about was how dramatic it was to have the time included on the game. Did I take a bow? Couldn't do it. I just happened to luck out. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. All right, so that's the soundbite from the great Vince Gill. A couple of thoughts. First of all, self-deprecating, right? He just lucked out. But the story that Vin told is something that I've heard a lot in my life. I think it's a good lesson that, you know, just experimentation, getting positive feedback. We're all wired the same way as human beings. We love 
positive feedback. It keeps us going, right? It's like, all right, you got some good feedback. You got a, you got something kind of working here, and let's do it. And you know, the the idea that the whole point of Vin giving the date and giving the time was just a personal audio cassette to hand to Sandy Koufax or Don Drysdale or Bob Gibson or whoever was the great pitcher back in those old days. And uh, I have I've heard stories. We had on this podcast you know, a couple of months back, we had the Ted Sobel, who's a, a, an L.A. sports media guy, icon in L.A. media for years, Ted Sobel. And he's told stories. He wrote a book about uh, broadcasting and his experiences in L.A. and brushing with greatness or something along the lines of that. But Ted and, and some other people would tell stories about uh, going to Dodger Stadium and you didn't even need to bring a, a radio because so many people had radios that the soundtrack from the crowd was Vin Scully doing the play-by-play. Like the players on the field could hear Vin doing the play-by-play. He might as well have been on the public address system at Chavez Ravine. It was that that crazy. I guess that was the days before headphones and uh, and whatnot. Uh, but I re- and secondly, I relate to this a little bit. One of the catchphrases that I fell into was in the air everywhere, right? Kind of hokey, kind of cornball. And I just shouted it out one time. When I first started at Fox Sports Red, I didn't say that. I didn't really have much of anything. And one night, it was a Saturday night, if I remember, as I remember it, if I'm remembering it accurately, and remember, we as as we get older, our memory is a version of the truth, uh, but not likely the whole truth, only part of the truth. But as I remember the story, as I understand it, I drove. I was driving in. It was a Saturday night overnight, and in those days, it was like a six-hour show, five hours live, one hour repeated, and occasionally we would actually do all six hours live. So it was a long road in the overnight, long time. And so I came in there, and I just started with my usual bull crap. And I began there. I was like, we are in the air everywhere. And just like Vin Scully, not quite as much positive feedback, but I got a lot of positive feedback. People say, that's a good line. That's catchy. I like that. You should say that more. And thus, uh, here we are many years later, and just about every hour of talk radio that I have done for probably the last – 10 years, I think it actually goes longer than that. I'm very bad at dates, uh, but it goes longer than that. And sure enough, now uh, if I begin an hour, and I don't say in the air everywhere, someone inevitably will say, why didn't you say that? What's up with that? How come you didn't say in the air everywhere? That's not right. You're supposed to say that. You're the in the air every week, er- everywhere guy. And uh, people people get upset. And I'm like, uh, you know. Quiet, quiet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, what, what do you want me to do? What am I, uh, a train seal here with a beach ball, and I'm just bouncing it up and down? Is that what I am? How dare you? How dare you? All right, uh, moving on from uh, the timestamp matters. Oh, actually, before I move on, one other thought I had to, I wanted to add, a post, uh, post note on the timestamp madness. Uh, something that radio people do that news radio people do that becomes very important when something 
either really good happens or really bad happens. It does make it more dramatic. For example, uh, one of the worst days in my life, September 11th, 9-11. And I recall that day, and if you were alive then and you were old enough to remember, you also remember 9-11. I mean, that's a historic Pers- you know, historic event in people's lives. But I remember listening to the radio and the emergency broadcast system came on and I thought, wow, I always thought, I'd been radio a long time at that point already in 2001. I, I just hadn't been in for seven years or something like that. But I, I was like, this is always, no, they don't actually use the emergency broadcast system. That's just some kind of government thing that they're not ever going to actually use because they'd never activated it in my lifetime. And sure enough, uh, this is the emergency broadcast system. This is not a test. This is not a test. And they went through their whole thing. And, and they, but that and then going back in the documentary, some of the documentaries that have been made about 9-11, they used local New York news radio. And they would say it's, you know, 745 on September 11th. In New York, and then they'd give the the weather, and they'd talk about the headlines. And that timestamp became a big part of many of the documentaries telling the story of September 11th because they took the radio broadcast, kind of obviously you know where this is going, and to to build up the drama of how the world changed when we found out about the hijacking, the plane that hit the World Trade Center tower, the first tower, and then the second plane. But the timestamp before it, there was a timestamp after the first plane had hit and then another one after or, you know, in between and then uh, one after. And that became a big part of telling that story. And it was giving a timestamp, which you actually do in radio, which has often been a courtesy. Right now, there, there is a, a little inside radio stuff that it used to be uh, the the diary format in terrestrial radio where you would have to fill out a diary and physically write down the time that you were listing. Like pen, paper, the whole thing, you'd have to log that you were listening to a station. I think, I think they don't do that anymore. I believe it's on the Internet. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm supposed to know how they keep track of radio ratings. We have, a, we have many more ways to track audiences now than we did in the early days of my career because we have internet we you know i'm doing a podcast now we know exactly how many people listen to this podcast we can tell advertisers x number of people listen to the podcast the cool thing about being on the radio show during the week you know as a, as a radio geek one of the, one of the neat things is that we not only have the live audience the overnight worker, the people working in factories, driving trucks, making food in kitchens, or just dealing with insomnia. But then we have people that listen only to the podcast. So it's like double dipping, which is kind of cool, right? It's like, you know, some nights on the overnight, there's not as many people listening. Might be a, might be, you know, a holiday, which I think more people listen on a holiday because they're kind of bummed out by themselves or whatever. But uh, there, there are nights it's a little slow, 
And we know when we're doing the show that, yeah, you know, the live audience might not be really clicking, but the podcast, they're there. They'll be there in the podcast. So that's, that's kind of cool. But, but that's one of the, the, the timestamp thing in radio. I remember I had a program director when I first got in the business who's like, every time you open up the microphone, you give the name of the station and the time. You're listening to Extra Sports 690. It is uh, 4.15 in the afternoon. You know, so that's, that's what you're supposed to say. All right, so under the covers, no more. Under the covers, no more. Uh, this is a tribute, if you will. We don't normally do tributes, but I, I, I read a story the other day, and I guess this guy, radio legend, his final broadcast as a regular employee uh, was on Friday night. So last night. Steve Summers, Steve Summers, his final night hosting at WFN. Now, you, if you're not a radio geek or a big radio fan, you might not know that. But I, I feel like we have a fair amount of people that like this. Maybe you who love radio and appreciate the ancient art of sport, uh, spoken word uh, broadcasting. And I, I bring this up because Steve Summers was an original. He was hired at... WFAN in New York City in its inception in 1987. And he has worked there ever since then. So he is Dunskis now, and I wanted to take a couple minutes to celebrate uh, the career of Steve Summers. 34 years. 34 years. Mostly as a night guy. Mostly as an overnight guy, and his shtick was the schmooze. He was known as the schmooze, and he had his own catchphrases that uh, he, would, he would say at the beginning of every hour that was his, his touch doing radio and made him distinctive, made him stand out, right? He talked about schmoozing. He called him the schmooze. And he would spell out sports. And that was, that was his stuff. And he had nicknames for all the New York teams and the tri-state area and all that. So here's how I relate to Steve Summers. Years ago, in the late 90s, I was doing local radio in L.A. And, in fact, I remember the year. It was 1998. The reason I remember that, I'm almost positive it was 90. It was either 90. Oh, now, now, I'm, now I'm second guessing myself. It was either 98 or 99, but I think it was 98. The Dodgers had traded Mike Piazza. So I remember that trade happened in 1998. If I remember correctly, it happened pretty early in the baseball season. And Mike Piazza was traded to the Marlins. And he was a big star. He was the biggest star the Dodgers had had since Sandy Koufax. The guy was an icon. In L.A., and in those years, the, the Lakers were terrible, and and the, the Dodgers ruled the roost in L.A. sports. And so we were doing a local L.A. show, and Piazza got traded to the Marlins. He spent a week or something like that in Miami, and then he got repackaged to the Mets. And so Piazza was about to play the Mets. I think, I'm think i pretty sure it was 98. And so after the trade, it was going to be his first games against the Dodgers. So I uh, hoppity-hopped. And skedaddle off to New York. My, happened, my brother happened to be you know, living there. He'd been there a few years at that point. So I was like, all right, I'll stay with my brother. And I'll do the night show back to L.A. 
and I need a studio. So they hooked us up at WFAN, which was at the Queens Astoria Movie Studio, TV and Movie Studio in Queens. In, and I did it from the WFAN studio in the back, their, their production studio. And Steve Summers had been working at that station. At, at, he did the night show when I came in, and then uh, Joe Beningo uh, was was also doing some stuff. He had he had been there. So so anyway, I I, I, I ran into Steve Summers. I we didn't really talk much, but I remember him at that time. Uh, you know, he was beloved and you know, fellow you know New York Night Owls there. The Insomniac crowd uh, were. We're big fans of the schmooze. It, it, it is relatable. It ties in to the story we told about Vin Scully. And uh, Vin mentioning the, the reason that whole timestamp thing became a thing was as a result of good feedback. Right? Originally, it was just kind of a cameo, and he was like doing a shout-out to you know, Koufax or Drysdale or whoever throws the no-hitter. And, or the perfect game or whatever, and then it just became what he was known for. Give the time. And he got uh, tremendous feedback. So Steve Summers uh, said the same thing. Uh, I saw an interview that he did, and he had said that one night on WFAN, he just started saying that uh, he was schmoozing, which is a good uh, Yiddish term, the schmooze, and that became his thing. He became known as the schmooze. That became his shtickala for the rest of his time at uh, WFN. So good luck to Steve Summers. How about that? 74 years old. And I was wondering, that's a, that's a pretty long way away. I'm getting up there in age now, I, I, I feel. I, I don't feel it, but people tell me, oh, man, you're, you're the dreaded middle-aged guy. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I am. How the hell did that happen? But then I'm thinking, how many more years am I going to do this? And will I even have a choice? Will I have the carpet pulled out from underneath me or will I have an opportunity to pick my end date in radio? It's the great mystery, right? The great mystery of life, as Aaron Rodgers said. It's a beautiful mystery. But Steve Summers is 74 years old. And has continued to work mostly nights, mostly overnights, weekends, and all that. And he's continued in the business into his mid-70s. What a tremendous run in radio. And without WFAN succeeding, there's likely no Fox Sports Radio. There's none of that. Like, FAN, when it started in 1987, that was the guinea pig. And... It turned out the guinea pig worked. It went really well, uh, and people loved it, and it, it built up an audience. And WFN has, at different points, been the number one radio station in New York City in all formats. And it's been consistently a top 10 station, but in the coveted demographic that advertisers really want, the, the 25, 54, 25... 34, whatever it might be, whatever, pick any demographic you want. They, they do very well with dudes. Uh, but as I have said on the radio show, the terrestrial radio show many times, the 24-hour sports radio format began because of gambling, because of illegal gambling. You know the stories about the NFL began with gamblers 
and the, you know the, the original NFL owners were involved in in horse racing and, and different gambling, some of it legal, some of it illegal. NASCAR started with illegal activity. Well, 24-hour sports radio, the premise of it was you had to wait to get scores the following morning, or you could turn on a news station and get scores, but you didn't get a lot of information. And they would only give you a select number of scores at 15 and 45 past the hour on a 24-7 news radio format. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. And so they wouldn't, you wouldn't get the, the context that you needed if you were a gambler. And so if you had a neighborhood bookie and, and you wanted to put a bet down, you would have to wait to get the score. And the big problem, if you lived on the East Coast, was the West Coast games wouldn't make the newspaper. The paper would go to bed and they would say, you know, Mets, Mets Dodgers, Mets Giants, Mets Padres – would be in progress in the seventh inning. So you might have to wait a couple of days to find out if you won your bet or not. And there were these things called score phones that you could call up and they would just, they would give you the scores. Of course, they would give you like seven or eight minutes of commercials. And by the way, the scores are 4-3, 6-5, and 3-2. to two. And those are your baseball scores from the West Coast and blah, 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 blah. And oftentimes when you call those things, they would then call you back, auto-dial you back and harass you, as I remember, as I remember. But uh, so WFN worked, and as a result, that led to other stations. The first 24-hour sports station on the West Coast was the Mighty 690 in San Diego, which was actually in Baja, California. 
uh, and uh, booming from Baja to the Canadian Rockies. And so FAN started on the East Coast. F- and, and Extra Sports 690 started, I think, in 89 or 90. It was a, within a couple of years. Within a couple of years, Extra Sports 690 started. And it did well. And then we were off to the races. And slowly and surely, there are hundreds and hundreds of stations that carry the sports radio format. Tony Bruno launched ESPN Radio, which became the first 24-hour outlet. And there were some other ones along the way. There was Sports Fan Radio Network. There was one-on-one sports out of Chicago. Big 24-hour network. Uh, There's a guy, Ron Barr, that did a syndicated overnight show talking sports. And... And then eventually Fox Sports Radio started in the early 2000s with Tony Bruno, the the man who starts all the big sports networks, the OG. We've had Tony on the podcast, the great Tony Bruno. And uh, so that's a little uh, Sports Radio 101. Now, quickly, we don't have a lot of time, but as far as the big O is concerned, and this is the life of Maller, the life of Maller. So after several weeks... After several weeks, I finally, finally visited the Big O. Uh, now, not, not, not that. Not, not that Big O. The Big O. I had my trip to the optometrist. Now, as you may or may not remember from a previous episode of The Fifth Hour, I was talking about a story. I was in studio after a Dodger playoff game, so I was back in the mothership. And I took a photo with Eddie. And while taking the photo, I always take my glasses off when I take a photo because I'm self-conscious. I don't like the way I look in glasses. So I took the photo off. I took the the glasses off. I took the photo. There we go. I can talk that way up. So I took the glasses off to take the photo. I placed the glasses in my pocket. uh, And then Roberto's like, hey, you got to get back and start talking. So in the rush, in my haste to get back and start talking, on the, on the show, I sat down, and I didn't even realize at the time. I was like, wait a minute. I need my glasses. So I'm sitting down. I'm talking. Talk, 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 talk. It was before the top of the hour. And I reached down to get my glasses. And ta-da! Abracadabra, hocus pocus. Uh, much to my dismay. Much to my dismay. My glasses. I grabbed the glasses. I pulled them out. And I, I say, wait a minute, my glasses seem a little soft, you know, a little lighter, a little lighter here. What is this all about? And uh, I look down and there it is, a half, half of my glasses. And of course, I start, I start, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I turn the mic, I, I'm cursing up a storm and all that stuff. And uh roberto and the guys are, they're doing the old nelson from uh, the simpsons and uh everyone's like oh my god I how does that happen these are expensive glasses and uh, yeah. so anyway as a result uh, i needed a new pair of bifocals uh, i had I had in the past, uh, I had in the past kept a backup pair, which I'm glad I did. And so obviously I used those. And But for my old pair of glasses, it was turn out the lights, the party's over. So I finally had my first appointment, new eye doctor. 
Uh, I did not go to Costco. They were booked up. Uh, plus, my wife uh, said, no, no, you got to go to like the, the traditional eye doctor. I said, well, who cares? All, uh, it's the same thing. They, they went to the same optometry school. But anyway, she wanted to go to the local eye doctor. Uh, so we finally got an appointment with the new doc. Full battery of eye tests. Uh, my eyes, all the usual stuff, all the hoops you have to jump through to get new glasses and uh, i'm happy to report i passed my exam my hearing is all left up but uh, my vision they told me are aging my eyes are aging at a normal rate i am in the proper percentile for someone my age i don't know if that's good or bad i'm not sure if that's good or bad but i knew when i was a kid based on common sense i was going to need glasses because my mamu and my papa uh, my mom and dad both wear wore glasses, and so I knew the odds based on the genetic makeup and me being a direct result of half of them that I would need glasses. Now, uh, spoiler alert, here's, here's where it gets even more interesting, the big O. So I go to the optometrist to get the glasses, and then I get the exam. They give me the prescription, and the spoiler alert, I go to check out the glasses. We find a pair of glasses that I allow my wife to pick out. And the reason I do that, and uh, the reason I, I allow my wife to pick out the glasses is because, A, I don't really care. And, B, I can't see myself. I don't have eyes looking at me. And no matter what pair of glasses you pick, I'm going to say, boy, look at that four eyes nerd. What a poindexter. So I don't even worry about it. I'm like, okay, I, I know who I am uh, and there's no there's no need to get all sappy about it and oh. all that stuff. No, I mean, listen. So uh, anyway, anyway, that I, we go to pick out the glasses. I, I find a pair that my wife likes. I, I approve. So we give the glasses to the person behind the counter. They then say, well, unfortunately, your dome is so big. How big is it that the glasses will not fit? Your head is too big. You have a melon head. And this is what's known as big skull problems. So now I am on the prowl for some spectacles that I will, uh, will find that will fit my large cranium. I have considered going online. I found a couple of websites. If you have a suggestion, you have helped me out tremendously. You helped me out. I had an amp problem at the Maller Mansion. Listeners to this show, the Ben Maller radio show and the podcast, have given me the solution, the Toro Ant Traps that I always use when we have an ant infestation. And you have helped me now with the mosquitoes. I have used a couple of different options that fans of the show have recommended. And uh, I've had different levels of results with that. Uh, so now I'm asking if you have a big head and you wear glasses, this is a very small percentage of those listening. But I, I'm, I'm trying to only talk to you right now. Please, please uh, send a, uh, a link if you have a suggestion, uh, some uh, place that's got a reasonable, reasonable price. 
Uh, that would be great. That would be absolutely wonderful. Anyway, uh, have a wonderful rest of your Saturday. We will have a mailbag, a wonderful, glorious mailbag on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And don't forget Cameo.com. If you would like to have a personalized video message, Cameo.com. And you can check that out also on Twitter at Ben Maller, Instagram, Ben Maller on Fox, Ben Maller on Fox, the Facebook page, a lot of content for this podcast. In fact, the mailbag, some weeks we get a lot of questions, some weeks we don't get that many. And it's really dependent on your contributions, whether the mailbag continues week after week. But uh, we usually get enough for the mailbag, but we can always use more. We always want new people to add content, get some new voices heard. Ben Maller show again on the show Facebook page. Uh, have a great rest of your day. We will catch you next time. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.